I think that ultimately uh, investors are people, even the, the most uh, savvy investors who are looking for commercial returns are uh, emotional. Uh, and if you look at the data, um, you can you can see that people don't just respond to numbers and they actually respond to how you make them feel as well. And so I think that when when raising capital, having confidence and projecting confidence is just as important as having a really incredible business. Hello, everyone. Well, it's so good to be back after a, a bit of a break over the summer. And although I say I've had a break over the summer, I've actually been busy recording some episodes and um, and I've had some really exciting interviews. So you have to keep posted and see what's going to come up in the next few weeks. If you do have any ideas of anyone that you would like me to interview, do you let me know. Send me a tweet. Uh, I'm at, how, where am I at? I'm at Bond Ambition UK. <laughs> So do let me know. I'd love to hear it. Equally, can I ask you a favour? Pick up your phone right now and enter into iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are and give me a rating. I would love to up the ratings. It would be really great. Please do that. Fantastic. Well, enough about me. Let's get started because I want to introduce you to this next guest. Welcome to the Speaking Ambition podcast, sharing stories and ideas about how we communicate in business. I'm your host, Alexandra Bond-Burnett, a speaker, coach and founder of Bond Ambition, communication training that helps you to speak your potential. I'm really excited about today's show because today I'm speaking to Maria Springer. And Maria is really quite a force to be reckoned with. She's already an entrepreneur who's helped raise five million plus for various ventures, um, including blockchain, film industry and social impact um, and working in fashion. And now she's creating an online platform to help founders navigate the process of raising capital. She knows exactly what the fears are, the challenges that founders are facing and having those really bold conversations when it comes to seeking investment and finding money. Maria got her MBA from Oxford. <laughs> so she's come over here, she's she's learnt from the best and she started multiple ventures including livelihoods a last mile distribution network and and they distribute clean energy technology across kenya um so it's a really fascinating business heavily laced with social impacts as well as um, observatory which is a non-fiction film company and her work has been featured in time fast company forbes pbs and the new york times i mean i literally could go on she is really quite incredible and the best thing is is how really honest and authentic Maria is when she's telling us about her stories and what it was like to go into the room and ask people for money and that fear that we often have when we're asking for money and how we can um, approach it and deal with it. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I did. My name is Maria Springer and I am 
born and raised in Los Angeles, California, uh, but I live in London now, helping entrepreneurs from non-traditional backgrounds raise capital for their ventures. My career started in East Africa, where I helped set up a clean energy uh, last mile distribution venture. And I also have worked in West Africa, uh, as well as New York before attending the MBA program uh, that I did here in the UK. Wow. So you've not done much so far then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> but it sounds like you're doing uh, some really amazing work, not just in terms of, I suppose, raising capital financially, but it sounds like you've got a real kind of ethical edge to you as well. Yeah, I, I like I like the, the alliteration there, ethical edge. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think from a very young age, it, it became abundantly clear to me that I was given access to opportunities that other people were not. Uh, my mother was uh, quite savvy, and the way that the public school system works in the United States is that you go to school where you live. And unfortunately, the school budgets are based on the local property income tax. Uh, and so... Uh, essentially, my mother snuck me into a richer school district. And so from a very young age, I, I always felt like uh, people had more than me. And when I would go home to my neighborhood, I also felt like I had more than them in, in the sense of educational opportunity. So it's really, yeah, it's, it's always interesting, isn't it? How much our backgrounds and our start in life influences where we end up. But actually, one of the things we were kind of chatting about is the fact that it doesn't determine the outcome. It doesn't determine who you are or what you're going to be or achieve, um, which is interesting. So uh, do tell me a bit more, tell us a bit more about the platform that you're working on at the moment, because this is, sounds really interesting. Yeah. So it's in stealth right now. Uh, but essentially what I've learned is that women and uh, entrepreneurs of color tend to raise less capital than men. Uh, and so I think that one of the major reasons that this is, is, is precisely to your point. It's not because of a talent gap. It's not because, uh, you know, women and entrepreneurs of color don't start incredible investment worthy businesses. It's really about um, access. It's about access to investors. It's about access to stories of success. Uh, I think that we all like to look at someone and say, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. And so essentially what I want to build is a platform whereby anyone from any background looking to raise money for a business can learn the skills required uh, in order to be successful in their journey doing that. And what, what really is important to me is because when I started fundraising, you know, over 10 years ago now, I was petrified. I was absolutely, completely and overly um, intimidated and spent a lot of time in bed under my covers. <laughs> and I would Google, you know, how to overcome the fear of fundraising, how to overcome the fear of asking for money. And I just didn't really find that much. And so really this platform has evolved out of a need that I have felt personally that I've had to overcome. That's amazing. So did you, I mean, tell us a bit more about your journey to actually fundraise yourself, because I know that we have quite a few people that listen that are on that journey themselves. And as you say, I, I really like that idea of that. There's that, that is that fear of asking for money, that fear of failure. Um, and, and also the fear of the process, I think as well, if you're not 
quite sure. I mean, a lot of our listeners are very um, financially savvy, but it is a process as well. So I'd love to hear more about your story and the challenges that you found as a founder. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I was 22, I co-founded a social venture called Livelihoods, uh, which is still in operation in, in East Africa. And as the executive director, I was tasked with raising money. So it was incredibly uh, fun and, and exciting to you know, be in Kenya and deliver impact and work with talented youth uh, to get off the streets and get them jobs. It was incredibly inspiring and, and fun to you know, recruit team members to join the cause. Uh, but when it came to going to country clubs, and asking for tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, I was way in over my head, right? And so, you know, there's this, this mortifying story where I was driving my Ford Taurus, which had terrible brakes and was crashed in the front into this country club. And I, and I, I asked, you know, the valet, I was like, can I please just self-park so I don't have to go into the front, you know, where all these Rolls voices are driving by and he, and he started laughing and let me. And so, you know, I think that that was a really important moment for me because I went in there and I owned it and I closed capital and I walked out, you know, and, and got into my clunky, you know, loud, embarrassing car. Um, but, but I didn't let the guy know that I had to self-park. I didn't let him know that I was overwhelmed and completely intimidated by the, the, the setting, right? I talked to him about the impact and the work we were doing and, and how he could make a difference by investing. And so... I think that ultimately uh, investors are people, even the, the most uh, savvy investors who are looking for commercial returns are uh, emotional. Uh, and if you look at the data, um, you, can, you can see that people don't just respond to numbers and they actually respond to how you make them feel as well. And so I think that when when raising capital, having confidence and projecting confidence is just as important as having a really incredible business. That's, in, I mean, that's an amazing story. Uh, I absolutely love that. And you're right, because you, you might turn up, <laughs> you know, you could even turn up in the best car in the Rolls Royce and not deliver the confident pitch that's going to connect you on a, on a human level with the right investor. So when you were in there, I mean, you're saying you, you let your kind of passion for the project um, deliver the impact and actually connect. I mean, was there anything else you felt that you went in there, you didn't let him know you self parks. <laughs> what, what was that mad? What did you do? What was the magic that you did to get them on board? Yeah, well, you know, at that stage, it was when I was sort of breaking out of my fear shell, uh, because at the end of the day, as the person who was solely responsible for fundraising, when you have a team that is depending on you and, you know, people who are depending on you, uh, you have to figure it out. Right. And so I think that that was a really important moment for me, because what I learned is that you can prepare mentally for these moments right? Whether it is meditating, whether it's, you know, listening to uh, Will Smith's most inspiring um, commentary on YouTube or watching a speech by Oprah, right? You, you can actually mentally prepare for these moments uh, so that you project, you know, a, a sense of confidence. 
So do you have, if uh, someone out there is listening right now and they're about to go into that stage and they're trying to break out of this fear, um, what advice would you give them? Yes. So uh, a typical, so if I have a huge meeting, how I might approach it is, is, uh, you know, treat myself to the best breakfast, work out, journal all about how, what happened when the meeting was done and what happened in the meeting. Right. So I actually, I actually journal out the outcome of the meeting before I go into it. Oh, interesting. So you're listing out what you want, your intentions for it or what so you want. Suppose, them to so suppose I'm going in and expect to close, you know, a $50,000 investment, uh, on us in, in, a, in a, an investment round for my company, uh, from this investor. And, and, you know, already I've gotten a really strong introduction to them. Uh, we've had an initial meeting and they really like the pitch and the business. Uh, and now it's just really about making an ask or, or closing them. You know, I would write down, uh, today I closed X ventures for $50,000 and I'm so proud of myself. And even though it was really scary, I can't believe they're an investor because I've been looking, you know, for an investor like them for, for ages, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I felt so great in the meeting, you know, even though I fumbled my numbers a bit, I laughed at myself and it was a great moment, et cetera. Uh, and so you can actually just visualize uh, the success. And I think visualization is such a powerful tactic and it's one that Olympians use all the time. Yes, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, there's so many athletes out there, sports stars that do, especially things like um, if it's quite accurate. So an athlete or a golf player use these visualization techniques to get them to their end goal. I love the fact that you are almost writing the story of what you want to happen. You are writing the narrative of what's about to happen before you even go in, which is um, a really amazing way to direct yourself, as you're saying. It is, it is, it's not just a mindset thing, it's, uh, it is a strategy. Yeah, and if, yeah. and if that's not natural, then you can just put on some Drake, you know, or some hip hop <laughs> that motivates you and makes you feel amazing. Yeah, I um I think everyone should have a theme. Like I don't know if you remember Ali McBeal, and I think I wrote um I wrote an article on it a while ago. Yeah, just like before you go into like a meeting, like somewhere where you really need to, um some positive action to come out of uh, the meeting. So it could be like a pitch or something like that. Then yeah, just go and find that that song, that theme that's going to really get get your energy up, get everything up. And it's just a small thing to do, but I, I quite like it. Um, yeah. And I think it does help people just get into that, that swagger. I mean, that's why we have music in adverts and in films. It's to raise our emotions, to, to mm. you know, bring something out of ourselves. Mm. So that's a really good set of um, advice for anyone looking for challenges i mean could you could you tell us of, of any of the more challenges that you've personally overcome in terms of being visible and getting out there uh, as being a founder and getting to where you are today yeah sure um man there are so many <laughs> I, do, I do think um you know another very practical one is i 
uh, was putting together a round of funding and what needed a lead to come in. And I had met this uh, angel investor uh, and entrepreneur who I thought would be ideal for it because what, everything I said in our initial meeting, you know, it really resonated with him. And I could just tell that uh, if I made a direct ask, he would, he would come in. And I was petrified. It's like, <laughs> when you're so excited to get the meeting right but then you can't sleep and then when you wake up you can't wait till the day is over right and so i uh similarly i visualized i journaled and i also practiced making the ask over and over and over again in the year so that when i asked it was natural it rolled off the tongue right um and not only that but i knew that when i was asking i didn't look afraid because i had practiced how I looked in the mirror so much. Um, and so I think, you know, listening to Drake on the way to the meeting on repeat and having practiced it so much when I finally did, you know, when the time did arise to make the ask, it, it wasn't scary because I had already done it about 250 times that day, you know? Yeah. So again, I think, I think as much as you can practice uh, to sort of take, to take the fear out of it, uh, whether it's with, you know, friends and family or yourself in the mirror, uh, it can, it can really be, be of assistance. I think, you know, another thing I'll say beyond just, you know, the actual preparation day of or minutes leading up to a, a, an important meeting like that is, is, is realizing that there's just so many people on earth. You know, there are 7 billion people on earth. And if one thinks you're an idiot, that's great. You know, like, because, <laughs> As I tell, I tell some of my best entrepreneur friends, uh, you know, Oprah is one of the most inspiring people on earth to me. And, and I, you know, have a picture of her in my house and I listen to her as often as I can. And, uh, but she has haters. People dislike Oprah and think she's dumb, you know, and especially when she started out. And so, you know, I think if you don't have anyone that's you, that if you've never messed up or if you haven't left a meeting thinking, God, I sucked or, Oh my gosh, I have so much I can improve on for next time. Then you're not taking enough risk. And if you're not taking risk, then I don't think you're really, you know, sort of pushing the boundaries of, of, of your potential. That's a really good thing to acknowledge, isn't it? We, we need to fail. We have to fail. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I totally agree. If you're not going out of there um, and questioning yourself or if you just went, yeah, no, that was great. And we do have those moments like we do a talk or something like that or a presentation and go, yeah, I nailed it. That was great. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, we always have that self, uh, that cynic, that critic that, <laughs> that tells yeah. us that, oh, oh, I should have said, oh, I forgot to mention about that statistic or I, I didn't mm. say this. And, oh, was I fiddling with my hands too much or was I not, you know, coulda, shoulda, woodering basically. Um, and the thing is, yes, that part of that can be a really useful technique and a tool, that little bit of an imposter, that self-critic, because that's what mm. makes us better. And we need to. Mm. I love yeah. the fact that you said that we've got to, if you come out there and you're almost not questioning, you're not making enough of a risk. That's mm. a really great uh, way of seeing it in terms yeah. of getting out there. You've got to take a risk. I mean, so when it comes to... Um, so what, what, I'll tell you what, what does the future look like now for you with your project? Uh, yeah. So, um, essentially right now I'm building 
um, out and up way where I can work with more entrepreneurs because at the moment I'm working with in, an incredible handful or a bunch of entrepreneurs who are closing uh, capital and I get to work with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. But in, in so doing and raising millions of dollars for various ventures, I just think that there is a lot of practical skills related to fundraising. Fundraising is a learnable skill. Uh, and it's amazing to me that even graduates of Harvard or Stanford or Oxford, you know, are shaking in their boots as they have to, to begin fundraising. And I think that, um, you know, by providing access to this knowledge and access to the know-how and, and uh, the skills required in order to build out a pipeline to, you know, schedule your meetings, to, to nurture investors in a relationship, to close them, uh, to keep them updated so that they'll follow on on your next round and invite their friends as well as you, you know, close bigger and bigger rounds, et cetera, uh, that, you know, we can actually see more, a more of a diverse set of entrepreneurs closing capital. In the UK right now, uh, you know, men are two times more likely to start a business than women okay, fine, you know, but they are nine times more likely to raise capital for their businesses. And so in my view, I don't think that's because women don't have the investment worthy businesses. I think it's because there is <laughs> a number, a number of things that hold women back. Uh, but one of them is, is, is sort of the, the, the fear of trying. Yes, would you say, I mean, you're saying it's a confidence issue with female founders. I would say it is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it, um, in some, uh, from my experience also, um, there's a lot going on between the investor and their perception of a female founder as well. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. It's incredible. I mean, there are, listen, is there, are women facing bias? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Do men have an easier time raising capital? Of course. Right. But it doesn't mean it can't be done. Right. And so I think if you look at the studies, it shows that uh, the more feminine you are during pitches, the more it, it works against you. Right. So uh, if you're wearing, you know, a red dress, you're not as like you're not as likely to do well as if you're wearing, you know, a, a, a black hoodie. Right. Um, so so there's actually, you know, articles published in the Harvard Business Review about this. There's also pub articles published that, you know, the very same pitch given by a man is more likely uh, to receive investment than the very same pitch given by a woman. Right. And, and, and the interesting thing is, is that it's not just men who, who have these uh, conscious and unconscious biases. It's also female investors as well. Um, so absolutely, it's more difficult. But I think it's important uh, that we realize that this can change and it is changing. And we need just a whole ton more courage and boldness in order to, to ensure that we achieve equity on this in, in this uh, in this industry. And so while I personally have faced, you know, these challenges and while of course they exist, I don't like to dwell on them because they aren't out of our control. That's a, exactly, it isn't out of our control. And even if it's slowly chipping away, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's really interesting um, because I think change is happening and we're starting to see things move and, 
Um, and because we, and also because we're having the conversations, we're doing the studies where, you know, mm -hmm. these things, it takes time. So I know that actually we've got not a lot of time at the moment. So um, I'm going to ask you two more questions. And one of them is, um, first, how do we, uh, we've got founders out there who are looking to have more information. Tell us where can we find you? Where can we connect with you and your platform? Sure. So uh, it's being built currently, but I would love it if, if anyone would like to chat with me about the biz their business and the amount of capital they're raising and whether they can do it. Um, you know, anyone is welcome to email me directly at maria at closewithraise.com. So that's closewithraise, like raisecapital.com. Okay, fantastic. That's brilliant. And my second question, I ask this to everyone um, because uh, the podcast is Speaking Ambition and we're all about um, what leadership sounds like. So it's a very open question, open to interpretation. <laughs> For you, what does leadership sound like? Leadership sounds peaceful. And, and by that, I mean when a leader is talking or communicating, they're inspiring confidence. And the, confident, the type of confidence they're inspiring puts people at ease and helps create peace. I love that. That's a fantastic one uh, about leadership and the peacefulness of it. That's, I, uh, I really, I resonate with that. That's fantastic. Well, I know that you've got to get off, but thank you so, so much for coming on. There's so much, valuable insight there and I kind of want to I feel like I should chat to you so much longer so we'll have to have you back at some point but um thank you for coming on thank you so much it's been wonderful and, and I uh hope to, to to connect with you soon I want to say a big thank you to Maria for coming on the show Oh, oh gosh, it was just so amazing, all that information and including all the statistics about women who get investment and founders, you know, who really struggle. It, that kind of blew my mind, really. I mean, I knew the figures, but it's really different. If, if you have any information that you think would be really helpful for other people, for women trying to find investment, please get in touch with me because I'd love to focus more on that kind of area and see if there's any way we can start balancing the scales a bit. Or if you think maybe if you have a different point of view, get in touch, let me know. But first of all, I mean, do find Maria online. Um, she is someone to get in touch with. And in fact, you can find her on Twitter at Maria Springer. And it's just, just about how it sounds. It's at Maria Springer. She's also on LinkedIn again, Maria Springer. <laughs> so just give her a search and find her. Um, she's incredible. Um, equally, if you have any comments about today's show or you'd like any information, get in touch with me. Let me know what you thought. Find me on Twitter, it's at Bond Ambition UK, at Bond Ambition UK. I'd love to hear what you thought of the show and if you have any comments. But before you go, I do have one thing I'd like to share with you. Now, um, I've mentioned before, we've had Bill Morrow on the show. 
And Bill Morrow is the founder of Angels Den. He's currently a chairman of Angels Den. And he has seen thousands and thousands of business pitches, business plans. Um, he has <laughs> been quoted as the person to know about getting angel investment in your business. And we are going to be working together, Bill and I. Um, We've got a day on the 5th of November in central London, where we are going to be delivering a workshop on how to pitch for investment. And this is, oh gosh, I'm so excited about this day because there's so much going on. We have Bill there giving his expertise, what investors are looking for, getting inside the mind of an investor. Um looking at your pitch deck, what information you're sharing. And we'll also, I'll be helping craft your pitch into a really impactful story. So really teaching you the basics of storytelling, looking at how you're performing your pitch, looking at body language, directly coaching and giving feedback. And it's only available to 15 entrepreneurs. So do get in touch. It's um, You can find the details on my website um, and also on Eventbrite. Uh, Eventbrite. <laughs> um, so do have a look at the details. If you'd like any more information, email me at hello at bondambition.co.uk. Anyway, guys, good luck out there. And uh, if you're looking for investment, hope it goes well. But keep in touch and we'll speak soon.